Husband and wife team, Stephen and Carissa Merrill, are making a name for themselves in the Miami real estate scene, buying and flipping homes. Through their coaching and marketing consulting business, Pursuing Purpose, they are helping others discover their vision and mission. Join us today as we explore how to live life on purpose on The Light Inside. Thank you for joining us today, Stephen and Clarissa. We're really looking forward to talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to meet you. How are you doing? Fantastic. How are things your way? Good, you know, just quarantining. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as we all are, unfortunately. <laughs> so how are you guys holding out? We're good. We're here in Miami and we've got a balcony so we can get outside and get some fresh air and walk the dog and stuff. So we're making the best of it. Yep. Fantastic. Fantastic. How about you? How's everything going? Good. Uh, moving forward, you know, that's the best we can do right now. Just uh, keep the momentum going. Uh, try to tough it out. Live it day by day. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you for having us on. Thank you. you know, it's inspiring to see young entrepreneurs like yourselves. You know, really seeming like you guys got a lot of headway. Uh, how, how old are you guys? Uh, 24. Yeah, see, I, I've got kids your age. <laughs> so, yeah, these guys got it together. This is great to see. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to share that insight uh, for somebody at such a young age that A, has it figured out, and B, really just has a, a good headway of steam and, you know, putting those pieces together and making a good jump in. Uh, you know, I feel like so many people your age kind of, fumble their way through even discovering what that path is. So I give you guys kudos for jumping in there quick and figuring that out. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, I really want to focus in on you guys, especially at that young age with, you know, figuring out life purpose. You know, a lot of people struggle with that or that shifts throughout our careers. And that's one of the biggest things I'm coaching on is, you know, for, for you guys to have that figured out now and have that piece where you're at in life is huge. You know, and that changes and shifts and evolves. I'm sure you've talked with your mentors about that quite a bit. But, you know, it's, that's one thing that, that we all kind of struggle with adapting and growing as we go through our path. So, you know, I want to kind of hear your take on that angle. Yeah, definitely. We'd be, we'd be happy to share that for sure. All right. So let's just dive right in. Um, give me a little bit of your five-minute elevator pitch. Uh, you know, where did you guys start out and how did you start your journeys as entrepreneurs, both uh, independently and together? Sure. Yeah. So Carissa and I are both from New Hampshire and it's actually a pretty funny story as to how we met. So when we were probably 20 years old, maybe 19 at the time, yeah, we were working at Bass Pro Shops in New Hampshire and we didn't know at the time. And I was playing lacrosse and I had just broken my jaw. So my jaw was totally wired shut. So I couldn't speak well. And we were in two different departments actually at the time. I was in hunting and she was in clothing. And so there was one day where <clears throat> there was a piece of clothing in the hunting department. I brought it over to Carissa, not knowing who she was. And I handed it to her and uh, she said, oh, thank you. And, and I couldn't really respond because I had my jaw wired shut. And so from that day, she thought I was a jerk. And, uh, <laughs> and we didn't, didn't really speak again for about four years. Three, two. No, we started working. We, when you said 19, that's when we met. We oh, were right. working at Bass Pro when we were 18. And then right. we re-met at the gym when we were 19. So it was only like a year. Okay. Four years. Okay, well, about a year. <laughs> anyway, so, so fast forward to that. And um, we were both in college, going to two rival colleges, actually. Yep. And we met at the gym. And so we did this by... We met at the gym summer when we were home for the summer from right, college because right. I was going to school in Maine and he was going to school in New Hampshire. Yeah. And so we were, we were actually at the gym and she was going to the gym with a girl that I went to high school with. And so I was with one of my friends and I was like, man, who's, who's this girl? Whatever. Fast forward. I was too afraid to talk to her. I wouldn't go up and approach her or anything like that. So long story short, uh, she ended up reaching out. We were able to connect and uh, started dating obviously that summer. And, and then I transferred up to Maine and we went to college there. So when we were both living in Maine, we knew we wanted to move to Miami and we, we just, Carissa's in the medical field. I was in real estate at the time and we knew that was going to be the move, but we didn't really know exactly what I was going to do really down here. And I was working in construction originally. And this kind of goes in the story that you were, were discussing earlier, Jeff was I was working in construction when Carissa and I first met 
And we had a conversation when we were in college as to, and this was really a big turning point. We're speaking about purpose and kind of how we had this direction was she said to me, okay, so we're going to move down to Miami. You want to work in real estate there, right? I said, yeah, I do. And she said, you're working construction now. So when you go down to Miami, do you want to be working, you know, on these roofs and the the heat and stuff like that? How is what you're doing right now leading you towards being a real estate professional in Miami? And it was really an important conversation to have because I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was headed in the right direction. And it's not that I was in the wrong direction, but Carissa just kind of made me realize, hey, if I, if, if I want to be in real estate, I need to be doing that now. Yes. I can't think it's going to happen. I can't think it's just going to transition. So what I had to do was when we were in Maine that summer, I had to just start cold calling real estate brokerages. And that was an interesting experience because when you speak with a real estate broker, the first thing they ask you is if you're a licensed realtor. And I wasn't at the time. I was just coming out of fixing and flipping homes and things like that. And so a lot of times these brokers would say, oh, well, you know, come back to us when you're licensed and we'll, we'll go from there. We'll chat. Of course, I didn't have the whole summer to take that time to get licensed and things. So I just kept calling people. And I was lucky enough to connect with one real estate broker. She was actually the owner of the company. And uh, she said, okay, well, you're not licensed. We understand that. Why don't you come down and, and speak with our team? I have somebody in mind that's a top producing agent and maybe you could join our team or something like that. We'll see. So, okay, great. So I was given the opportunity and how that ties into purpose was I didn't stop going towards the thing that I needed because I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in real estate, but again, without Carissa telling me, Hey, you've, you've got to kind of set your sights on how to get there now, do it now. It really helped. So I was able to get that position. And then from there, you know, the story is I was helping them social media marketing because that's how I needed to provide value. I still wasn't licensed. So I was helping them with social media marketing and I used all these different strategies, these campaigns that I had built out in order to help propel their group from number 10 to number four in that company a year with social media. So that was another big turning point because that's when I realized, okay, if my purpose is to be in business, to be in real estate, but I'm not licensed, how else can I provide value? And so that's when I started using social media. And after doing that, now fast forward, we moved down to Miami. I started working with a top producing real estate group here as well. This time I am licensed. So I had that on my side, but it was the same thing as, okay, I just joined this top producing group, but I didn't want to just be another realtor. So what am I going to do? I provided value again, use social media marketing, built out courses, and started teaching other realtors how to do that within the whole company which then led me to even bigger opportunities on the social media marketing side to work with some major brands and major companies. So that was a very cool experience, which led me ultimately towards that purpose. But again, it kind of goes back to knowing what you're doing and, and doing it that way. And I'm in the medical field. So especially with our company purpose, I kind of lost times come in more so for like the psychological side for help with clients. And I say that I'm not, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but I come in more so with like the motivation. How can we overcome this? Where are you kind of having a blockage here? And we bring in other people as well to help with that. Um, I'm kind of like, we both are, but like the cheerleader. And then also I can big time be like a kick in the butt. <laughs> it's important. So we started purpose because we had a bunch of people just come up to us and I'm like, listen, how, how do you do this? Like, how have you gotten here? How do you guys have this like so solidified at this young of age? And we just had a lot of people coming to us and asking questions and especially people who are older than us, like in our, in their thirties or who are still looking to like either finish a college degree or entrepreneurs who start in their business. So we, we basically were like, okay, like there's, there's a market for this. And we, I'm, I'm by nature, I'm a helper. Like sometimes to the point where my mother's like, listen, like, did you take care of yourself today? (laughs) So where we, we love that. We find so much pride in helping guide our clients that we definitely were like, okay, we have to make this a thing. Um, we're going to start this business and, you know, we're really growing it during this quarantine time because people are really needing support because this is an extremely novel situation. But what we kind of do and help is break down whatever their situation is more simplistically to be able to wrap your head around it and to be able to move forward to find where you're struggling. How can we move forward? How can we like build out this map, this guide, this plan? Because all of our clients are starting at different spots. Some are like, I have no idea where I want to go in life. Some people are like, I want to start this business. I don't know how. And some people are, I've started this business, but I've plateaued. So we take it, we guide them. And especially during this quarantine situation, we have sat down with them and said, listen, 
This situation is extremely novel, but in its nature, it's not. It's just another uncontrollable situation, and we face those every day. You've established your business on the motto of being willing to see things as a mess and seeing the opportunities, then taking the action and steps to fix them. In the process, adding value. Can you tell us more about that? Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and that's something that we really focus on because you can look at every single situation you're in and either come out of it winning or losing. And I think people need to understand that you do have control in every situation. Now, what I mean by that, obviously, the, this whole COVID-19 thing is happening and we're all quarantined. Sure, we can't control that external factor, right? Nobody can do that. But what we can control is how we're viewing this situation. Are you looking at this as an opportunity to help yourself? Are you looking at this as an opportunity to, to get better at some kind of skill or some, some kind of asset, right? Or are you just saying, man, this thing's defeated me and now I'm losing and this is the worst situation ever. And I think Carissa says it really, really well. She says, how's a kid viewing this? How's a child viewing this situation right now? Well, they're home from school. They're with their parents. They're having a great time. They're enjoying it. They're hey, this is great. In 10 years from now, they're going to look back at this and say, that was a lot of fun. I got to hang out with mom and dad. I had my dog and my cat around. It was a good time. Now, the average adult, if you speak with an average adult right now, they're saying this is the worst time ever. I may have just been laid off. Right. So I was talking to um, one of our clients and she's a mom. And I explained to her, I said, listen, like to make it very relevant, this quarantine situation, this is going to be in our history books, right? We make history every day, but this one's going to be a chapter in a history book. Mm -hmm. So I said, while you think that you're living your life in this chaos, your parents, your, your kids are going to say, you know, in 10 years when they're 15 years old, sitting in high school and every, they're having a classroom discussion, it's going to be, yeah, I remember like we were home and we played these games with mom and dad and had all this like attention from them. And it was really fun. And mom came up with these new cool, creative ideas for food and cooking and crafts. I said, that's the way your kids are viewing this situation. I said, they, they know what's going on. They know something's different, but kids live in the moment and they're, they're surrounded by so much innocence that they, they just find the joy and the fun and everything. Cause they, they never turn off fun. They always look for it. I said, so while you are viewing this situation as so chaotic, you are controlling so much that you don't, you don't even realize. Yeah, you know, and that's that's all that mindset game. Uh, you know, how do you choose to flip that coin and look at the situation? And you know, that's that's kind of our survivalistic instinct kicking in a lot of ways, where it's that knee jerk reaction more than basing it on that moment of stepping back and taking that collective breath and saying, "Okay, we do have a mess here. We do have a problem to solve." I read a great quote that come up in my Facebook feed today on my Facebook memories from a while back. Visionary people face the same problems everyone else faces, but rather than get paralyzed by their problems, the visionary immediately commits themselves to finding a solution. You know, that that to me just kind of summed it up. Uh, You know, I think if we kind of turn our receptors on in life, and rather than get caught in the moment taking us over in a tidal wave, open that up and let that energy flow. Those answers come to us. This was a perfect example. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching others kind of struggle with this. And I've, I've had a habit throughout my career of placing myself in situations that, whether intentionally or not, push me to that challenge, push me to rise above. Um, you know, I like that thrill of the challenge, the thrill of the chase. And so by nature, when I get into a situation like this, for me, it's a second nature thing to fight that resistance. So, you know, that's, that's key for me when this pops up that, you know, I'm being open, I'm being receptive. It's giving me that message and answer that not only am I helping shape myself and move forward, but giving to others. And, you know, I think right now in this moment, that's like the crucial thing is, we're, we're in this together, and if we hope to grow past it together, we have to collectively look at how we help each other function through it. I agree, and I think that starts with any situation, because how you said, like, oftentimes when they're struggling, it seems as a mess. So, like, if you want to make it visual, think, of, think about a knot, you know? Start pulling at one end, simplify that end, and once you have one thing simplified... 
then it's easier to make other things simplify it, break it down, make it small, make a list, make, you know, where you need to go, what is stopping you, where is the problems, break it down. So it's easier to swallow, take small bites, and then you're going to get there. hundred percent. And for instance, we were speaking with a client uh, earlier today and they said, okay, you know, I've done this in my past. I've worked in this profession, but right now I really want to help other people. And I don't really know how to start that. And I want to be that public person, that public speaker that's motivating others. So how do I do that? So right there, you could look at that. Like Carissa just said, is a big knot in terms of, okay, well, this is, this is a great goal. This is a big thing to accomplish. How do we start? And I think that's where a lot of people get very uh, fluttered and almost just stressed out because they're like, I'm looking at the entire knot. I'm not looking at pulling at one thing, fixing that and going on to the next. Because if you can break things down and itemize them, this whole situation becomes so much easier. And a lot of clients we work with are like, hey, stop worrying about what the government is saying. We're locked down for another you know, four weeks, eight weeks. It's out of our control. Look at today, look at tomorrow, and look at everything you're doing right now and what you can do to control that. Yeah, I think, I think we're kind of blessed as solo entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in general. Uh, you know, we, we're creating that change for ourselves. Um, you know, the, I think at some point there has to be a bigger picture, though, where we look at, you know, helping others create that within their own microcosm also, because they're, they're helping build their teams and their people that are home struggling. So, you know, I think that, that's going to open up a lot of new doorways also to look at, uh, you know, a lot of new angles. And, you know, how do we create those opportunities? So, you know, that's, that's just, like I said, it's, it's just a fantastic moment to create change. Stephen, give me a little bit further back. You started out business even a little bit younger than that, didn't you? I did, yeah. So actually, I started really getting into it and doing it on my own at about 16 years old. And I started with a landscaping company. So the reason I created a landscaping company was I love that kind of labor and I love to see the before and the after. And Jeff, you brought this up a little bit earlier in terms of looking at what some may see as a problem as an opportunity. And that's all that landscaping was for me. It was, okay, here's an overgrown lawn. Here's a bed of mulch that's all destroyed. Here's a bunch of weeds that are coming up through it. I see the problem. A lot of people don't want to do that for five, eight hours a day. I'm excited to, because I know at the end of the day, I'll be able to look back at that property and see all the impact that I've just had. And that was really just a really satisfying feeling because I love to, to do that kind of work. And then I love to see the before and the after. And then also what this comes back to service is you just made a client happy. Now that client has pride in their lawn and now they want people to come over because they're like, yeah, I've got a beautiful house and my lawn looks great. Now I'm excited. And if I can be that person that could change that for them, similar to what we're doing with purpose now on a bigger scale, that's kind of what plants it for me. Wow. This is, this is really something else. And then that's why I got into construction. And I was about 18 when that happened, it was flipping houses. So it was going in buying foreclosed properties. And again, you're looking at the nastiest places you could find because you want to find the worst house on the best block or in the best neighborhood. So you could have a return. So then we would go in and we'd be scraping diapers off the floor. We'd be repairing walls that had been spray painted and kicked in and just houses destroyed because people had been foreclosed on. So they had to move out and people do some crazy things. So again, the average person is going to look at that and say, there's no way I'm even stepping foot in here, let alone working here day after day after day to fix this and to make it something greater. But I just really enjoyed that again. And it was working with my hands. It was seeing problems. It was fixing things. And that's just kind of, you know, translated to what we do today. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's not surrendering to your setbacks and pushing to find the source and solutions to overcome challenges. How do you feel you discovered how you added values to others? That's a great question. I think, I mean, something that I found was more so from the business side of things. And I think Carissa pulled out very much the personal and and more of the the psychological side of things as well. Because when I was working with businesses, I would help them with their advertising and we would have a great financial return. Okay, that's exciting. But I always knew that I wanted to do more. I wanted to have that personal connection, that personal impact. And so I would come and speak with Carissa about it. We'd have these conversations. And and again, like she was saying earlier, people were just coming to us on a personal level saying, how are you guys doing what you're doing? I want to do something like that or how can I improve? And so that's where I think she did a great job of marrying the two because we have a business development side, but we also have a very much personal development side of this as well. And I mean, that's how I kind of saw it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I think the key is that we never look at any situation superficially. Um, We always assume that there's, 
you know, something that resonates deeper, whether the, that's a positive or negative thing, whether it's something that like, there's a little fire built up, um, where they have this like great big idea and they're kind of like too afraid to start it for like the sense of failure. Or maybe it's, there's this like really treacherous thing that they went through as a child and that creates a sense of fear and blockages in a different area. So we, I think what makes us different is the fact that we really dig deep and that's what we pride ourselves on. And we really push diligency in our clients and we hold them accountable and we expect them to hold us accountable as well. Yeah, that's that's such a great example. You guys have been kind of exemplary in that, that you aren't taking that cutting corners approach. And I think in that, that happens so often. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs, as they get buried under their path and their situation, uh, it, it's easy to kind of get lax in that. And, uh, you know, it, it's also great um, with your perspective because you are taking the time to truly invest in others. And um, more importantly, you know, you're, you're helping them grow and evolve. And, uh, you know, I think that's huge in business. I think a lot of people overlook that. It, it becomes so much about the sales cycle. It becomes so much about getting the next lead or making the next step. And, you know, we lose sight of that whole connection that the intent should be to help someone else build and grow. Uh, our service should come from just that, you know, an act of service and helping to build each other up. So, you know, I think that's just fantastic that, uh, you know, especially early on when we come out young and you tend to be in your head and, you know, some of us grow past that, some of us don't. But, uh, you know, you guys have that figured out at an early age and that's just phenomenal. Today's episode is sponsored by Music Radio Creative. At Music Radio Creative, they make awesome audio for your commercial, podcast, radio station, or voiceover jingles. You are the creator. Music Radio Creative gives you the tools to make your audio production shine. They have DJ drops, podcast intros, radio jingles, commercials, and so much more. With a wide selection of vocal talent, music beds, many other useful podcast and radio imaging needs to take your production to the next level. It's super easy and affordable to give your radio production the professional edge you need to create greater impact and stand out. So visit musicradiocreative.com today and let your audio production shine. Why do you feel or what do you feel has been the biggest key, the biggest uh, shift that's created that mentality for the two? Our company purpose is centered around holism. So we look at all components internal, external, environmental, and that has really been able to help us understand our clients. And we don't think that we're all knowing because there's some situations that our clients have been through that we can even remotely relate. We can understand that pain comes from that situation, but we bring in other people who are experts in that area. And we don't just hand our clients over to whomever we bring in, we say, listen, we don't, we don't want to pretend that we know exactly what you're going through. We're going to bring in this person and we're going to walk that uncharted territory with you. So we're going to bring this other person to help you, to help us understand. And then we're going to make a game plan and come back and we're going to walk this, this uncharted territory together. And our goal is to get them to be able to walk the path by themselves. We love our clients, but the goal is to get them on their own. And probably our, our biggest, you know, pat on the back that we're doing a good job is our referrals. What was your big guiding force? I'm, I'm trying to get to the mentor angle here, you know, and I want to keep your, your conversation cohesive as a couple now, you know, so I don't want this to, to become like a one-sided thing. Steven, you did this out of respect for, for that couple and building that business together. But I do want to look at the angle of your mentorship and your time with Grant. You know, because that A had to be a huge opportunity just in and of itself to have a mentor, not just that it was Grant Cordon, but to have a mentor of that experience level. And I want to look at that level. And if, you know, Carissa, you have something similar or, you know, something you want to add to that mix, I want to look at that mentorship angle and how that's influenced you guys. Yeah, I'd be happy to share that. So really, my mentorship started off as, as a kid. 
And it was looking to my parents for that. So my parents are in business and, and I would always have these kinds of conversations and just listen as a child. And so that kind of always geared myself towards, I wanted to do something in business, but I didn't even really know what business was. Honestly, meeting Carissa, you can say she honestly became one of my mentors. Without that conversation that we discussed earlier, I would not be here in Miami having done the things that I've done. So she was a huge catalyst for me in that. And she has been somebody that has helped hold me accountable like no other, because she'll be very transparent with me. She's not going to sugarcoat things because she cares for my well-being very authentically and I can trust her. So that's been huge. Then when I was in real estate, I had a great mentor. When I was in the construction field, I had a great mentor. Then when I transitioned to working with Grant Cardone and Frank Kern, the advertising agency, of course, those are two people that are mentors to many more people, thousands of people. And having that opportunity, the biggest thing that I always did was just I just listened as much as I could. So in a situation like that, you have such knowledge and such expertise always around you. Other people coming in the office, the people you're working with in the office are at the top of their game as well. So what I always did was just listen and take notes. And you'll, you'll be so surprised as to what kind of conversations you could hear just in the lunchroom or just you know on a call that you're like, oh, this could just be a normal conversation, but it's so much more than that. So if you're listening and you're taking notes and you're being perceptive of what's around you from a mentor spot, even let's say that again, it's not just one-on-one time with one person, but it's you're in an office of this person. You can learn so much from others around you too. So I would say, you know, it it was a huge opportunity. I learned an extreme amount um, about professionalism, business, sales, success, things of that matter. And I also learned how to really hold yourself to a certain standard because, and that's something again that Carissa's helped me with, but in, in an office like that, in an environment, and this is something that anybody listening, I would challenge you to create this environment for yourself is even if it starts by waking up at the same time every single morning, do that, right? Because then you're going to say, okay, I've done the same thing. I'm holding myself to this standard. What kind of food are you eating? Hold myself to that standard. What kind of conversations are you having? What are you consuming for content? These are all things that if you want to be a professional or an entrepreneur, you have to keep in check. Because you can't spend four hours on social media just scrolling and think you're going to become some successful business person. Anybody that's doing that might be actually retracting from their goals. Or if it's an extremely successful person, they can do that. They've gotten there. So I would say just hold yourself to a different standard. And that's helped me, you know, just being able to study people in those positions and work pretty much side by side with them. Yeah, that's great. Uh, There again, it's taking that time to invest in yourself but more importantly, investing in others and then being thorough and having the follow through and not cutting those corners, uh, stepping your game up to the next level. You feel that's, that's crucial that, you know, we're looking at how we place that next step. And if you're not thinking ahead to that next step, that's usually when we get caught in those moments of, oh, you know, here's this new thing, you know, here's something that's coming out of left field. So, you know, having that mentality, I think is, you know, just crucial in that stage of the game, in any stage of the game. Speaking of Grant Cordone, uh, since we've been blessed with all of this extra time of being in oneness with ourselves during this quarantine, it's been a fantastic time for me to dive back into studying some of the basics and learning some new nugget. And, uh, you know, I recently picked Grant's 10X rule book back up and I've been spending some time And in there, there's really early on one moment where he mentions success in a a perfect way that really hits home and kind of rings true here. And it's kind of funny circling back as we talk about your start in landscape lawn care. And in the book, Grant puts it like this, says, you're going to cut grass once. And, you know, you might be successful in doing it, but it's going to grow back eventually. And he wraps back around to sum it up that you are constantly maintaining that level of evolution to continue generating success and to grow. Uh, you know, it's that, that whole mentality that, you know, you can cut the grass once, but you're going to have to cut the grass again in order to maintain success. And, you know, to me, that, that really kind of sums up in a nutshell, you know, how our evolution has to be to be successful in anything in life. I would agree. I think two words that I think are really important in business success, personal development, whatever it is, um, if somebody's trying to be an athlete, but I think it's patience and I think it's persistence. 
because we live right now in a society that it's instant gratification everywhere. You make a post on Instagram, you get likes. If you don't get a certain amount of likes, people will delete it. They'll feel bad about themselves, right? It's all external validation. And if you have enough patience to keep coming back time after time towards your goals, and if it's making a certain amount of calls every day, if it's speaking to a certain amount of clients, or even just writing your affirmations down every single morning, like we spoke about getting up at the same time, you have to have that persistence to keep coming back and do these things that people feel mundane. And there's a, there's a that quote, I, I'm not sure who said it, but people are really determined in the hours or in the moments that nobody else is watching. So if, again, this is a great way to put it for what we're dealing with right now, being quarantined, there's no friends, no family. You can't really go hang out with people. You can't go into the office where other people can see it and you've got to put on a show for them, right? It's what are you doing right now when you're quarantined by yourself in your house, in your living room, out on your balcony, whatever you're doing, when nobody else is watching and nobody else is holding you accountable, who is? Well, you should be. So it just comes back to that persistent mindset of coming back and staying disciplined. And Carissa brought that up earlier about discipline and diligence. It's so important. It's so true. And then having patience. I think a lot of people, especially people our age, they get frustrated quite often. They want instant gratification. They want instant gratification. They, they don't think about the long-term play. They don't think about a long-term relationship. They don't think about a long-term business plan. They don't think about doing something now to then grow. So in six months, nine months, a year, it actually comes to fruition. And I think that's something so important. I mean, Carissa helped me along this journey for, for years, months at a time, years at a time to get to where we are now. So without that patience and without that persistence, I mean, I know for a fact, I wouldn't have done things I've done to be where I am. And I think probably same goes for you. Absolutely. We're a team. Yeah. So I just think those two words are, are so important and that helps an entrepreneur, that helps an athlete, that helps somebody trying to graduate school right now and their graduation just got canceled or got pushed back. It's out of your control, but you've got to stay patient and you have to stay persistent and disciplined towards your goals. We're looking at a number of angles there. You're looking at, we do seek such immediate gratification in things that I think oftentimes we don't take the time to look at a bigger picture and form a bigger view of things. You know, we, we, it's a dangerous thing with that social media. We get sucked into looking at numbers. We get sucked into, you know, expecting that instant response and that pulls us within ourselves. You know, it's valuable in business to understand where your numbers are, where your projected growth is, how that's all interacting. But what I think we tend to do is lose, like you said, that relationship, not only with ourselves, you know, we lose that relationship with our business partners. We lose that relationship with our significant other a lot of times because we get so caught into that living in the moment. And, you know, there's a fine balance there like everything, you know, it's where's that balance of the moment. You know, I've really kind of gotten locked in on this notion of studying relationship and how we communicate, how we connect with people. And, you know, looking at not operating from that space of neediness, you know, that's that's important. We we all have, you know, a certain level of need to meet where we are to find our happiness, but we can't get caught in that neediness, you know, we're, we're not approaching things from the aspect that in order for things to flow for us, we have to kind of go out in the world and help it flow for everybody else. I agree. And, and I think the, the servant's mindset or in that sense, like service first, a lot of people say it is service before selling. And that's so true. You can't, especially in a time right now, I mean, I have a heavy advertising and marketing background and Carissa and I work with a lot of businesses and something that we see quite often is people just coming out on social media, just trying to sell something the first time somebody's seen it. That's not going to work. You have to help somebody in some way first to build that trust. You have to tell them how to make their Mondays easier during the quarantine before they're going to go and buy your scheduler, right? Like just different things. And you can't just think about selling. You have to think about service first and by helping people, then the revenue will come. Yeah, you know, I uh, I had a guest a couple episodes back, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Philip Hatfield. And uh, Philip is just such a, a huge inspirational leader and speaker. And he laid out this concept to me. And, you know, he's he's mirror, mirroring a mentor of his own. You know, he mentored with the great Zig Ziglar. And, um, you know, in the conversation of things, he he mentioned building others up, you know, building other leaders up so others become great. And, you know, you have to 
get to the point where you're building one up and you're building another up and you build another up and by building each other, you know, we're all kind of pushing each other to grow to that next pinnacle. And I think that's really key. That's, that's where, you know, if we're not connecting in that, we're not serving ourselves the best as well as serving others. And I think when we step into that selflessness, that's where the magic really starts to happen. Well, I think, especially if you look at anybody who has made a really huge, like think about like global impact, it's not one person, they have a team. Mm. And as companies grow bigger, you need more people. You need a team, you need to grow. So I think stepping back and honestly, if you make it real simple, like you you have to be a kind person and you have to be respectable. So I think realizing that you need other people Mm. is key. Yeah, you know, that's a good point to look at you guys as a team, as a couple. You know, you're a couple doing business together. Uh, you know, what what has been your magic mix, A, you know, to keep your personal life in balance when you're working together, and then B, you know, connecting to form a, a team that really knocks it out of the park and helps each other to grow in business? So I'll start off and say that we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, there's times where we may, and I don't, I don't like the word balance because I don't think balance ever really exists. It's more prioritizing, but we fall out of balance per se every now and then. But what we do quite literally is we schedule Mm -hmm. and we schedule like crazy, write everything down, timed out. Um, and we really, try and hold ourselves to whatever like the allotted time was for. I, I take on like a very more traditional, um, like lifestyle in our household. I cook, I clean. Um, so like when I make dinner, I schedule my dinners out for the whole week. And sometimes, you know, things get thrown at us, but we ask for help when it's needed. Like I recently hired out for cleaning so we could have more time together because for us, sometimes time gets crunched and we have to set intentional time with each other where it's no business. If we're on the phone, like it better not be for business. It's hopefully it's to respond to like my parents or his parents or my sister, etc. And, um, we really set intentional time and we also prioritize each other first because of what isn't under our roof, isn't okay. Nothing else is going to be okay. And we never strive for just okay, but there's times where okay is sufficient and what needs to happen because things fall out of, out of, out of line. But we strive to make sure everything under this roof is at the bare minimum. Okay. But great and good. So we like, especially when he was working for Grant, because that that office setting is is very intense, you know, they're driven around success and motivation, which is great. So I always made sure when he came back into this house that like whatever schoolwork I was doing was put away and done and I could give attention to him and dinner's ready. And he always came back into the house, you know, you, you leave the work stuff at the door. There's something you need to vent about it. We, we vent about it, but it's always positive and we keep the house as a sanctuary. And especially when I started going out into my rotations, which is kind of put on hold with the quarantine right now, (laughs) um, he would always make sure like he always makes me a lunch in the morning, which I liked. So he always makes sure the same, that our house is like our sanctuary. There's serenity under our roof. Yeah. And and I think you nailed a really good point is scheduling and then prioritization. And that was something that I had to really work on and still work on to the day because for me, it was just, okay, just work, work, work. And all of a sudden I'd be, yeah, I'll stop at six and it'd be eight o'clock and I'd still be stopping. And so that is extremely important is prioritizing your time and your tasks because you can be busy, but that doesn't mean you're productive. And I think that's something that is really important for people to understand is the difference between I've got all these meetings and I'm just making all these calls and I'm writing all these emails. Well, look at the actual, what did you get done with those, those tasks, those items? Were you doing it just because it felt good to say that I'm, I'm doing something or were you productive? Because a lot of times going back to looking at the whole knot and pulling it one string, you can simplify a lot of things and get them done much more efficiently. And if you prioritize your week, your day, your hour, 
then you're going to say, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm on task. I've given myself 30 minutes to get this thing done. Then I'm knocking that out, going to the next thing. And schedule time for yourself and for each other. Like in our relationship, like Chris was saying, when you get home, it's, it's time to be with each other. You have to keep your place a sanctuary. And I think that's why we've made this quarantine almost enjoyable because yeah. we enjoy where we are. And that, that goes to keeping your, your household clean, keeping your household fresh, keeping it you know, with positive energy because without that, it just becomes so daunting and, and you could be going stir crazy right now. And the other thing is um, being able to, well, what was I thinking about? So prioritizing and then, I mean, I guess just being able to shut it off. Is, is so important because you need to know when it's, when it's okay to put things away. There's another thing that I struggle with is, well, if I stop at 6 p.m., who else is still going until 8 or 9? And I'm trying to be in competition with them and I'm trying to you know, work hard or whatever. But again, it goes back to if you're being as productive as you can throughout the day, you'll know that it's okay to shut the books at 6 p.m. or whatever it is and be done with it and move forward. So I think it's just really important to do that. And communication is key. That's the other thing. So yeah. you can prioritize, you can have schedules, <laughs> but if I'm not really saying how I'm feeling or she's not telling me how she's feeling, we could think everything's fine, but it really might not be. And that's when I think a lot of people are, oh, don't get into business with your spouse or with family because yeah, that's, that's the biggest issue is like, if, if there's something that I'm doing that she's not happy with, if she doesn't tell me for a month, at the end of that month, we're going to have a big conversation and say, like, Hey, why don't we just talk about this to, to start off the first time? And so never, never be little your partner. Yeah. You know, we were having one conversation and I'm going off saying, explaining this and this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, Steve, you have to say something. I'm walking all over you. Like <laughs> our relationship is equal. It's equal. Like he can, he can, it's okay to feel your feelings and express it, but just be kind to your partner. Never belittle your partner. Yeah. Never yeah. do that. And just respect yeah. and communication. Yeah. And that's a work-life balance. And you know, it's not only important with your your life partner, your significant other, but you know I think that gets overlooked a lot in the business aspect of things too. Uh, you know how are we relating to people? How you know are we responding and reacting? So yeah, that's just that's such a, a golden nugget right there to share. Uh, you know it's just brilliant. We appreciate that, and it's definitely something that not is going to happen like that probably, yeah. especially if you just joined into a company. You have to understand how the the, the lines of communication flow and kind of where your place is in there. But that's the other thing. It's the same thing in a relationship. You don't have to stay stagnant. You don't have to come into a relationship or in as a professional and be like, okay, I've already hit the, the, the ceiling, the top end. Like you'll hear, you know, we always say you have to keep dating each other. You have to keep yeah. being, <laughs> because it's true. Because the second that you are complacent, we go back to complacency, it's going to kill a relationship. It's going to kill yeah. a business. It's going to kill your day-to-day routine. So you have to keep it interesting and just enjoy it. Yeah, you know, that, that's like I said again, that's that's key in creating that balance in life. Uh, you know, you you got to kind of take that gut check with everything, or reevaluate and see where we're at with things and how things are flowing. So, you know, I think that's crucial. And I think a big key thing. This goes for so much broader than just relationships, but it's stop looking for happiness everywhere else. Mm. Find the happiness where you can. Because sometimes people jump from relationship to relationship because, oh, well, this will make me happier. If I move here, this will make me happier. Or if I get this job, that will make me happier. Like find the happiness where you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody said it really well. They said, wherever you go, that's where you are. Mm -hmm. So like Chris was just saying, you could not be happy at this position in this job change jobs. You're probably not going to be happy because you haven't worked on yourself. You could break up with this person, go to a new relationship. You are still wherever you're going. So you have to be okay with yourself. It's kind of like the same concept of the grass is always green on the other side. Sometimes it truly is greener on the other side. Yeah. (laughs) But lots of times, like it does help to water your own grass, you know, because I don't want people to get the impression that where I say find happiness where you are means stay stagnant. As Steve was saying, never stay stagnant because I completely agree with that. Find happiness in the, the little things because nothing is ever all bad. Do you have a roof over your head? Is there food in the fridge? You know? Yeah, that's that finding gratitude in life in general. You know, we we have to be thankful for the blessing of the lesson as well as thankful for those moments when we're given that ultimate joy. And, you know, it's that balance of finding joy where you're at. There has to be a joy in the challenge. There has to be a joy in the lesson. 
And, you know, that will just create greater energy of all of the other joy coming to you. Yeah, I agree. And it goes back to what we we're saying about looking at opportunities. If you want to have fun in a bad situation, you can. If you want to make the best of this quarantine, you can. You're the one that's in control of this. And it's, it's like Carissa said, you don't have to stay stagnant. You don't have to let other things beat you. You don't have to let something hard that happened at work make you feel as though you're failing. You don't have to let some hard conversation in your relationship make you feel as though that's ending. You're the one in control. Typically, we make situations internally way worse than they need to be. And I, we have a client that struggles big time with anxiety and I say to her, you're in control. And she's literally told me that she, when she's going through tougher anxiety times, she reminds herself in her head that she's in control. And then like all of a sudden, a lot of the anxiety that she's feeling goes away because she reminds herself like you're in control. You have the control. Yes. You know, it's, <laughs> it's always looking at the bright side or the light side of things. Uh, you know, that's, that's something, uh, you know, my fiance, Leslie, has really driven home for me and helped me discover, you know, that the partnerships are there to, to teach you those lessons. And I'm thankful for her teaching those things to me because I struggled with that, you know, and then from a male perspective, that, that can be our nature is to kind of struggle against those things that are pulling us forward and keeping us in balance. Uh, you know, as gentlemen, sometimes that, that can be a, a trick and a challenge. Yeah, no, I mean, a hundred percent. And that's something that that I, I can speak to 100%. I, I'm an extremely stubborn person. And the person that has to deal with my stubbornness the most is Carissa. And the only person that's figured out really how to deal with that is Carissa. Because like you said, it's, it's all about understanding that it's okay not to be right all the time. It's okay to take your ego out of the situation to look at what's actually happening. And typically when you can check your ego at the door, especially as a male, especially as somebody in business, you can get a lot more done. You can make a lot more strategic partnerships. You can be a lot more just happy with yourself knowing that, hey, it's, it's cool. Yeah, I, I can take a backseat on this one. That's fine. And realizing too that your flaws necessarily and situations aren't always flaws. Mm-hmm. Like if he's being stubborn with like something in our relationship, then yeah, we need to have a conversation about that. But I remind him all the time that, listen, like while your stubbornness is affecting this in a negative way right now, when it comes like to the business world, his stubbornness is often very good. And for our, our personal business, it's very good because it always keeps him motivated. There's never, he, it's not that easy for him to sway because he's stubborn. Like, no, this is my goal. And this is what I'm going to achieve. And like, don't tell me that I can do it. I like that. I can't do it or that it has to be done a different way. Like this is the way I want to achieve it. So it keeps him motivated on and on a strict path. So I remind him, I'm like, listen, like your stubbornness isn't always bad. And for any of you who are listening, like your flaws that somebody who always harps on your flaws, like, yeah, Maybe in one situation, they're a flaw, but in other situations, that might keep you afloat. Yeah, I think it's kind of crucial that there's a difference between being supportive and being hypercritical or even critical. You know, that's crucial in all of our relationships. And that's, you know, I'm really glad you've shared that thought. Thank you. Yeah, I don't, I, we stress with our clients, like, please don't live in, in fear, always always strive for something, you know, the, the big picture. If you're striving for a million dollars and you make $900,000, that's still good. Yeah. Once you yeah. get the $900,000, keep going for the 1 million, but don't think that you failed because you made $900,000, you know? So we try and really work with, and it's something especially that financially, like in our relationship that I have to work on finances and like having a lack based mindset is that it's, it's, and sometimes society tells you that it's, it can be, you know, sometimes society says that having a lot of money or wanting a lot of money is like a selfish thing. And that's just not true. And it's okay to not live in a lack based mindset. It's okay to think that you deserve like a lot of money. Now, don't think that it's just going to wash up on the shore and it's in a suitcase, you know, yeah. you got to work. I don't know how much you guys have dove into Kyle Cease. You know, that falls in with a lot of his mentality. His basic gist of his platform has been, you know, creating this love, not for money for the sake of money, but how money affects us, how money operates in our life. And, 
you know, it, it's another mindset level to conquer that, A, if you, you don't open up the welcome money in your life and what it can do to create joy and happiness for you, you create the block of energy there. And you know, we're, we're fed a lot in society that, you know, tells us that, you know, that is a bad thing, but it's, it's all right because that money opens up the doors for us. That money creates our ability to be happy and thrive. That money creates the ability for us to grow a business. That money creates the path for us that if we focus our energy, right, to go out and serve and do for others. So, you know, if you haven't dove into that area, I would highly suggest track down Kyle Cease and do some research and listening on him. Yes, I will do that for sure. And, and you brought up a really good point about money and finances. It's, it is about a, a passage of energy if you think about that, right? If you're saying, I don't want to make a lot of money, I don't want to be successful, then you probably won't. Or are you going to make it much harder for yourself to do so? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have demonized money because they think of the, the, the stereotypical rich person who's just a jerk to everybody. That's not how you have to be. You, again, back to control and choice, you have the choice as to how you're going to act. And if you look at money and finances as a stream, a flowing stream, are you going to put your boat into that stream and then help other people along the way, right? Like whitewater rafting, are you going to keep paddling? Are you going to help other people when the waves get rough? Yeah. And that's the best way to use finances and to look at the long-term play back to that. It's not just, I've got a million dollars. I'm going to go buy a mansion and a house. Sure. That might not be the most financially, you know, sensical thing to do. But if you look at, okay, I can set up this investment trust, this fund, this whatever, because I know long-term it's going to take care of my family or something like that. Money is extremely important to everything you do. And, and when that situation happens, like the coronavirus, if, if you have a family member who got laid off, do you want to be that rock for them to say, hey, I've got you covered for now. Like, let's work on this thing together. And we're going to help you get back up on your feet. Money is literally what makes the world go round. And you don't have to be a bad person to want money. And what is sensible to you might not be sensible to somebody else. And that's okay. And you don't have to justify it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. You know, and that's, you know, I see so many people struggle with that becoming a block in their career because they don't feel they're worthy of that. You know, they don't feel, you know, there, there's a guilt complex attached to that. And, you know, it's something they've picked up in their background that, you know, you're told that you can't achieve X and Y because you haven't done Z or they're told that the other people do that or someone else is worthy of that, but you aren't. And, you know, that, that's a huge thing to overcome in and of itself. And I, I always say to everybody, like, as long as you're not hurting yourself or others, like, be kind, be respectable. And it's okay. Not everybody's always going to agree with what you're doing or what you're thinking or what you're saying. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make everybody happy. And I think once people realize that too, is you're going to have an audience with where people don't agree with what you're saying, but that's okay. A hundred percent. And when we work with clients, one of the first conversations we have, so let's say it's an entrepreneur that comes to us and says, I want to scale my business. I want to grow it. We'll ask not just the superficial questions. Okay, great. How much return on investment do you want to make? What are your revenue charts? What are your projections? We'll discuss more of the personal side. Okay, why do you want to do that? What is the purpose behind doing this? We tie it back to their purpose. And it's like what Carissa just said. You have to be okay with yourself and you have to know your own purpose, not what she thinks I should be doing, not what parents think I should be doing, not what somebody else, not what society thinks. Because the second you start to take in any external factors that are going to make you decide one way or another, you've already slipped off that path of your own purpose. Because now it's like, well, you know, I hear these other people being successful, but, and then it comes into question, like you just said, Jeff, is, but why would that ever happen to me? Why am I deserving of this? Why? And the second you fall into that path, into that kind of cycle, it's a pretty fast formula. To and that ties back to what I mentioned about how we make sure everything is okay under this roof. Yep. If you're personally not going to be okay, you can't, you can't fill up somebody else's glass if if you're empty. So you have to make sure that what you're doing every day still fulfills you and is still your purpose because how can you help guide somebody else if if you're not doing that yourself? What is your greatest advice together combined or each separately that you would give to someone who's struggling to find that purpose, that reason and that vision? You want to start? start. I would say first thing to do is to, to get really quiet. And this is a great time to do so. And what I mean by that is stop looking externally, turn off social media, 
turn off the news, turn off music, turn off everything else and just sit with yourself and start to just kind of be like, okay, ask yourself the questions. Who am I? We'll have, we'll have conversations and ask people that. And that's even a stopping point. And it's like, Hey, just give me your name. Who, who are you? And then, you know, start with that. Then start with what do I enjoy? Again, what do I enjoy? Not what the, cause I guarantee you people that haven't thought of this before. We have this conversation with clients all the time. They'll, they'll get stuck and this is no fault of their own. That's why we're there working with them as to who are you and what do you enjoy? Because the second I ask you that you are automatically thinking, well, I like this, but if I say that out loud, how are they going to perceive it? How is somebody else going to think about what I actually enjoy? So write these things down, be with yourself, get quiet. I enjoy this. This is what gets me excited. This is what I would wake up earlier for. This is what I just really have always enjoyed. Or when I was a kid, this is the thing that I loved. If it's arts and crafts, if it's playing guitar, if it's painting, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be bound financially. And the reason that I would start with that and go through that process, because you start to just map out things that you internally just like, you just enjoy these things. And that's good. And these are personal things. And the reason we do that is we often work with clients who are working in a position right now that they're saying, I feel very redundant. I feel very robotic. I'm going to work every day that I don't enjoy it. And I don't know what to do. So we bring them through this process, put the money aside, put finance aside. What do you enjoy? And once people have that, and that's actually a harder little process to go through by yourself than it sounds, because once you go through that, you start to get an idea of, okay, these are the things I enjoy. And then we help develop that into your actual purpose. I completely agree. I was going to say dig deep. And what I mean about dig deep is you have to sit there and self-reflect and the big thing that can be really difficult for people is honesty. Mm -hmm. And you have to be honest with yourself. What really makes you happy? What really is, is causing you issues in this area? What really do you want and where do you really want to be? And that often can be self, that can be hard to self-reflect because you're like, Oh, I'm not good at that or I'm not good at this. You know, when we first started this business, we were working with one of our friends, Marie, who kind of helped guides us spiritually. And she's working stuff with me and she's like, Oh, well, we have to work on this thing from your childhood or this or that. And I'm like, Oh, like that opens up the floodgates and that's hard and that's uncomfortable. But once I did that, it, it, you, you heal and you move on and you figure it out and to self self-reflect because especially you can be doing something every day that you think is positive and beneficial and good. And it's, you talk to other people and they're like, no, you know, but but you have, you have to, you have to listen, you have to self-reflect and you have to be honest with yourself, even, even if it's uncomfortable and it's totally okay to have made mistakes. You know, that's what we're here for. You just, you just fix them and correct them and, and move on. You know, some people think that like, especially I think like this is a big thing from social media. Oh, I have to be perfect to present this. And like, no, you're a human being. You make mistakes. You sometimes choose the wrong path and that's fine. Let's just self-correct. That's all. Yeah. And and to that point, I think that if you can get clear and be honest, it's really going to help a lot. And and sometimes again, clients will struggle and say, well, I, I tried to figure out what I liked or what I enjoyed, but I couldn't really know, or I had all these things. Okay, great. Flip it. What don't you enjoy? Yes. What's, what's a clear seven to 10 that's going to move me forward? You know, anything that's, that's, you know, rated on one to 10, if it's below a seven, push that priority back. You know, that's, that's not something you're passionate and growing from. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, asking the contrary, it's like, it might be easier to point out, I don't like this. I don't, perfect. Now, you know, stay away from those things, focus on the opposite. What do you enjoy? And, it, and that's, that's really cool because, you know, finding purpose and finding your purpose and living your life on purpose is not an overnight thing. Yes. Life's a journey. (laughs) This is not a get rich quick, do it in a week and you're set for life. Right. So it always changes. But if you're always reflecting and you're being honest with yourself, you will navigate through that process. And like Chris said, that's what we're here to do. And that's what we help people with every single day. Yeah. And my parents were always really great going up and holding like me and my sister accountable that like we could have like done that way better, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think, I think dig deep and self-reflection with honesty, like you said. Mm -hmm. That's a daily process. You know, so many people 
aren't living their lives with that intention. You have to get up every day and take stock. You have to get up every day and say, what is my plan for the day? What am I prepared for for the day? How do I envision my day? Because by doing that, you're constantly in contact with that. When you lose touch with that, I feel like that's when you risk slipping over that edge. I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm in chaos. I'm in confusion because you don't stop and take the time for that process. It'll allow it to happen. You know, you got to open that door or that window to invite it inside. hundred percent. And I think, you know, even from that, that basic standpoint, now more than ever is the best time to do that. You have more time. You're quarantined. Yes. Oh, it's prime time. It's prime time. Have a self audit and it might hurt. It might be kind of crappy, but <laughs> it always does. You know, if you don't like, like Carissa said, acknowledge that honesty, then that's where you start living these untruths or creating these untruths because you haven't taken the time and put stock on what you actually believe, what is actually in front of you. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. You know, this has been such a blessing for me. You know, I I like being pushed in new directions. I like connecting with people and seeing things from a different view. And you guys have such a fresh approach. But sometimes I think as entrepreneurs and as people, it's the people that struggle with I know it all that end up backed in a corner and finding themselves out on a legend. Wait a minute. I guess I don't. <laughs> I think for a lot of people, that's a hard, hard realization because yeah. it gets to the point where it's like, oh no, I know how to do this and how to do that. And Carissa brought up earlier, it's just asking for help. That's such a huge point because if, if you're going into a new business venture, you want to learn advertising, you want to learn how to do copywriting and you're like, I'm just going to eat the whole elephant myself. I'm going to figure it out. It's going to take you a long time to get where you want to go. You should reach out. You should you know, get information. But a really good point you brought up, Jeff, was got to make sure you're, you're getting the right information from the right people who have done that thing. And they've done it successfully because that's a huge part of mentorship is there's a lot of people right now. There's a lot of noise out there that, Oh, I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to help you do that. But what are the actual credentials? What's your background in that? Because I think that we were speaking about this earlier, something that we really don't appreciate is when people are just kind of ripping others off yeah, or they're trying to get something from nothing. And they're just trying to say, Oh, I, I've done this. Let me help you with it. But if you don't actually have the authenticity, then it, you're just ripping somebody else off. Yeah, that's, that's true for everything. If you're not open to that authenticity of the experience, you're not allowing each other to shine, to be your best. Um, yeah, and I, I love going back to that whole concept of Carissa and you guys sharing, struggling with that knot. Uh, you know, we, we all know from the time we were little kids to sometimes now, when you get in that place where stuff is knotted up, And you can fumble with it and fumble with it yourself. I've tried this 20 times, you know, I've lost my keys. I've looked for them 20 times. Where are my keys? Sometimes that shift in perspective of another creates our next step. You know, it opens that doorway because we've surrendered. You know, I've done all I can or I've only looked at it from one way. So, you know, I think it's crucial. I agree. And it's, it's not an easy process, but it's a fun process to go through because then, you know, you're just getting information from other people. And it's, it's learning. It's always moving forward. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it's all about. Just putting one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward, right? That's it. That's all you can do. What is next for you guys? What you know, do you see coming up as you come out of this quarantine? You know, where have you put your vision? What's your, what's your big future look like? And what is your big vision dream that you guys want to achieve? Yeah, it's a great question. It's something that we actually speak about a lot. And, and like Carissa said, to start this whole thing, we always plan. So we always look at projections. So, I mean, a major goal of ours and things we're working on now is, is just speaking to more people. So getting on stage in front of live audiences and speaking and just getting this message out and just helping as many people as we can. So right now with our company purpose, we have people coming to us, like we said, that have been laid off or dealing with things like that. And what we want to do is take that message of positivity and purpose and just amplify it. And yeah. We want to, we want to put it on a grand scale so we can positively impact as many people as we can. Yeah. And with live events, we found that so impactful because, you know, you can really get passionate about it. In the videos that we film and things, there is absolutely a level of passion and certainty there. But when there's a crowd and when there's people, you can see the light bulbs kind of taking off. It's like, okay, this is really getting through. That's where we find the best energy come through. And then we love to have 
like meet and greets either after or Q and a sessions. Cause you know, that's why we love these podcasts because you can ask us questions. We can give you the answer. We can ask you questions. And it's such a natural organic conversation. So where can we find you guys? Yeah, it's a great question. So there's a few ways you can find us. The first would be on Instagram, I would say. And uh, you can find us at pursuing.purpose. That's our Instagram handle. Chris and I are both there. Of course, you can see our personal uh, Instagrams there as well. And then we have our, our website, which is pursuingpurpose.net. And there's a lot of great merchandise there. And the whole reason we created that merchandise was people were saying, hey, I want to help represent this company and represent this brand because I really am behind it as well. So how can I do that? So people will pick up you know, a shirt, a sweatshirt, whatever it is, and they'll be wearing it in other places. And, and they'll be excited about the fact that it starts a conversation. And because they'll have people come up and say, hey, what is, what is purpose? What does that mean? And then it allows that person wearing the merchandise to actually start that conversation with somebody else, tell them about their purpose and have a similar conversation with that person. So really cool. But that's pursuingpurpose.net. So that's where you can find all that. Fantastic. So be sure you go out and check those guys out. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for this conversation. This has just been such a blessing to sit with you and, and share these thoughts and ideas. Uh, you know, I wish you guys the best. Thank you for joining me. And I'm, I'm so glad we've had you today here to discuss things. With thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a great conversation. I hope that people listening can take a few things away from this and start applying them. Visionary people face the same problems as everyone else. But rather than getting paralyzed by their problems, visionaries immediately commit themselves to finding a solution. When you are connected with your source, your purpose... Because you are open to welcome them, opportunities come to you. It's the power of manifestation. You become the thoughts and things you think. Being willing to see things as a mess, seeing the opportunities, then taking the action and steps to fix them. In the process, adding value, not surrendering to setback. Answers in life come when you push to find the source and solutions to overcome challenges.